Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Schools are prioritizing their students' mental health. The pandemic left lasting mental health implications for students everywhere. We're now about a month into a new school year, marking yet another year since the start of the pandemic in 2020. This year, teachers across the country added a mental health check-in as part of their classroom curriculums in order to engage in conversations regarding emotional health with their students. Teachers hope that checking regularly about their students' mental health and emotional well-being will allow them to step in as soon as help is needed and provide resources for their students that prevent a potential crisis from escalating. For the past two and a half years, students have had to deal with many disruptions to their lives brought about by remote learning and stress due to the COVID-19 pandemic. These circumstances worsened children's mental health, which was already on a decline in the U.S., In 2020, the CDC reported an increase in emergency room visits for children suffering from mental health crises, such as suicide attempts, eating disorders, and aggressive behaviors. The alarming decline in children's mental health prompted the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry to declare it a national emergency in the fall of 2020. Last fall, schools had hoped that the return of in-person classes following the year of remote learning would help rectify some of the mental health struggles that students were experiencing. However, this has not proven to be a cure at all. Instead, teachers reported that they were seeing higher levels of anxiety and stress in their students compared to before when the pandemic had begun. Teachers also reported that many of their students were manifesting mental health symptoms, such as suicidal ideation, even after the return of in-person classes. In the 2021-2022 school year, 76% of public schools in the U.S. reported an increase in symptoms of anxiety, depression, and trauma in their students, indicating that even though the quarantine was over, the fallout from the pandemic was still taking a huge toll on youth mental health. This realization, along with the U.S. Surgeon General's advisory, identifying these challenges for youth mental health has encouraged schools to focus on their students' emotional well-being. Many schools have allocated funding to have healthcare providers educate their teachers on how to implement mental health discussions in their classrooms. One example of how schools are incorporating mental health checks is by taking five to 10 minutes each day for students to share how they're feeling with their teachers and classmates. These types of open conversations allow the students to see that they have a support system who is willing to listen. Awareness of youth mental health is extremely important, especially now when dealing with the emotional fallout of the pandemic, Implementing mental health check-ins is a step in the right direction. However, youth mental health has been a huge issue in the U.S. even before the start of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, right, because instead of doing fire drills, they do active shooter drills. That can't scar a child at all. Right. Thanks to national attention and congressional support, on September 2nd, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services granted $87 million 
and funding to help implement better mental health resources in schools and address the youth mental health crisis in this country. While that might sound like a big figure, with roughly 50 million students in K-12 education amounts to less than $2 per student. Given the increasing challenges kids are facing, both because of fallout from the pandemic as well as from heightened pressures from social media, we propose that much more attention needs to be paid to kids' mental health, both in the classroom as well as their home. Also, let's be clear, it's just another thing that teachers are having to do. These are some of the least paid individuals in our society. Yeah. These are the most overworked individuals in our society. Not only now are they literally armed bodyguards. Yeah. Right now they're going to be psychiatrists for these students. Like when do they have time to teach? Right. Right. You know, listen, don't get me wrong. Very important thing that we're doing here. But you know what? There are pediatric psychologists. That's what their roles are. They can do this. We just need to like invest Why is it so hard for us to invest in the future of this country, invest in our children, invest in education, invest in schools, and invest in the infrastructure of schools that make it safe for children to go to school and also for those children that are having problems that there are resources at the school? I'm just extremely jaded because if we can't keep children from being shot and killed in classrooms, they're definitely, they, no one cares about their mental health. This, this is great. And I, I hope that, you know, the schools that do do this and the, and the, the individual teachers, because it won't be school-wide, the individual teachers that decide to, you know, take more of an interest in their children's mental health, that I thank them for their, for the work that they're doing, for their sacrifice, because it is a sacrifice because they're being asked to do a thousand other things. So I thank them for their sacrifice as a parent, you know, especially. But overall, this is not, no one cares. And it's never going to happen, unfortunately. And it's just maddening and very sad. It's very sad. I know I do, um, I'm teaching a class right now and I do this. And this is college. And I do this with my students. I start every class and we take at least five minutes and I we just I just check in. Like, let's do new and good. What's going on? Any new classes? Did you do anything fun this weekend? Just just to kind of let them know, hey, if you need anything, you can talk to me. Let's try to get our, our brains like in a better place and kind of get some stress off before we get started. Like, I, I do this with my students. So it's important, yes. But will it happen? No. Yeah. It's sad. And I think what you just said was devastating, too, which is... Like, we're a society that refuses to do anything about kids being shot in schools. Yeah. I was in Ukraine when the Uvalde shooting happened, and people in Ukraine were like, what's going on in America? Right. Like, I was in a country that was actively in war. Right. And people were like, what's going on in America? Right. You know, like, right now, New Orleans, it's not a secret, it's national news, and we are the murder capital of the country. Gosh, yeah. These are things that we have to have conversations about that aren't, aren't unique to New Orleans, but I know that people are having these conversations all over the country. So yeah, did I feel safer in Ukraine? Yeah, I did. I did. We are literally frogs in water and we're being boiled, you know, by one degree at a time, but we're just kind of getting used to it. We accept the next insult and accept the next insult and the next insult, right? 
and this one here, particularly these guns. How is it that we allow guns? We have more guns than people. We have more guns than any other country in the world. We allow guns to be to mow down children. Not a thing. Not a thing. As I always hope, it's always a pleasure. I'm sorry we're ending on a on a somber note. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's the reality. Unfortunately, you know, like I always say, I'd rather be given with straight no chaser. You know. Right. We are in the truth telling business. You and I are both journalists mm-hmm. uh, and we, we tell the stories that we see. So right. we'll see you next week. Uh, listeners, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. We'll be back with new episodes of Noise Filter next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefuzzleshow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.